I'm thinking about one of the gigs I went to, which was Bauhaus at Walthamstow Assembly Hall. It would have been maybe 1980. I'd just moved to London. It was freezing and, um, you know, I kind of crimped my hair and looked a little bit gothy. And I went in and then I was petrified. It was full of blokes with Mohicans. And, you know, I just felt very, very small. And um, it's like, God, this is big league. You know, back in Coventry, I was one of the ooh, faces of that town. Why nobody? This is, you know, this is scary. Hi, this is Lowell Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. And this is Budgie, co-founder of The Creatures, drummer with The Slits, and Susie and the Banshees. Welcome to Curious Creatures. Life after punk. You may think you know the territory, but we, we drew, drew the map. map. continue our conversation with Julianne Reagan talking about Terry Hall, ghost towns. And a whole bunch of stuff. And a whole bunch of stuff. Something that we, we think about a lot on this uh, podcast about how, you know, for a lot of us, it was like, we got to leave. We got to get out yes. from where, where we grew up. We got to get out. We got to do something different. And, and to make music was the vehicle to do it to get out of the place, yeah. you know, and uh, change things. I mean, you know, because, you know, Craw Crawley, not the nicest place to grow up in either, you know, and it's full of skinheads back then in the 70s who used to, you know, chase me and Bob over the bridge. Um, but, you know, you you survive. You survive to get out and, and make something better, you know, and that kind of thing was, was driving all of us back then for sure. You yeah. know? Some, somebody commented on um, talking about, about Terry and, and said that he, he of all people would, you know, would say that you couldn't escape where you were from. You, you, mm. And he felt he, this chap was talking and saying he, he's now back in Coventry. And it's not for the love of the place. It's just because it's in your bones. There's something. And I suppose I was trying to figure out, is that something to do with something maybe inherently British, which is the, you know, the class system? But where we come from, it's... I've been out of England for a, a long time, and I left St. Helens a long time before that. So I was a major part was in the capital in London, which is not like Britain at all. Mm, it's like no. New York's not America, Berlin is not Germany, and that's where I, I end up. But it's um, I I find my my northernness comes out uh, if I'm here in Berlin. I mm. get right right northern here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. very easily and I don't have to speak to my sister either to do it anymore mm. you know but there's something in it's not like I feel uh, know your place uh, yeah. my lad you know don't to get above your station but there's something that I appreciate maybe about life because of the situation it was pretty rough like as in Coventry as you describe Liverpool St Helens we went through and well, you were long. Went through yeah. a long period of it was going downhill fast. There was, you know, there was not many choices. I mean, I, I don't know that there are now particularly, but you know, there was not many choices for us growing up. So, uh, 
the escape route was like you were either going to be a footballer or you're going to play music, you know? Neither of which I was really qualified for. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember, you know, buying the, the music papers for many, many years and reading the gig guide in the back and, and just thinking, you know, the bigger cities like, like Manchester and Liverpool and, of course, London, where the bands were going. Yeah. Of course, it was pre-internet, yeah. so the pull to London was very much, well, I can go and see like about four bands a week that I'd like to go and see instead right. of like one yeah. every yeah. month in Coventry. So so that's that's what it was. It was at that time London had a kind of monopoly on being the place where you had to be to, to try and get to that next level and also to, to meet other musicians. I have a theory about that. It was, it was, it's like Dharma transmission, you know? The way you're going to learn how to do what we did was from watching mm. it and being at it, you know? That was how we got it. I mean, now, you know, everything's on the internet, blah, 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 but we, that was what we had to do back then. We had to go to the gigs. We could hear Peel on the radio every night, but other than that, you got to buy the record, go to the gigs, you've got to hang out with people that think the same, and that's the only way that it was going to get across to you. I mean, I, I still remember going to see um, The Stranglers with with Robert, like in Croydon Red Lion or whatever it was called, you know, and it was like the pair of us we were like, oh, my God, these are all the people we've heard about, you know, like yeah. safety pins and uh, sticky up hair and that. And me and him just sort of rushed to the front and just, you know, dashed about like stupid <laughs> loons, you know, and it was mm. great. It was great. And then we came home and we're like, okay, we can do something like that, you know. And um, so that that was very much more, it's a much more visceral way of of getting the information, you know. Yeah. I'm thinking about one of the gigs I went to, which was Bauhaus at Walthamstow Assembly Hall. Yeah. It would have been maybe 1980. I'd just moved to London. It was freezing. And, um, you know, I kind of crimped my hair and looked a little bit gothy. And I went in and then I was petrified. Yeah. It was full of blokes with Mohicans. Wow, yeah. And, uh, you know, I just felt very, very small. And um, it's like, God, this is big league. Yeah. You know, back in Coventry, I was one of the, ooh, up faces of that town. Why nobody? This is, you know. Yeah. This is scary. It's, it's scary when you walk out onto a stage in some like Hamill Hampstead and you, you're confronted with like a sea of like skinheads. Yeah. Skinheads, yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. with the occasional dotted around, like somebody who looks maybe like you wouldn't mind standing next to the bar with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you spend half the gig, Susie would spend half the gig protecting them. <laughs> yeah. They're getting, it was just crazy times. Maybe it's a bit more uh, homogenized and prepackaged now in many oh, ways. Oh, totally. Absolutely, totally. I mean, it's all about, it's all about everything being curated. I mean, nobody curated anything for us back then. We, we found out stuff, you know. Mm. I remember going to see, see Buzzcocks at um, Lyceum, you know, and I was just dancing like a loon there, and it was it was great, mm. you know. But it wasn't, nobody told me, oh, you know, Pete Shelley, you better go and see him. You know, it was like, I found out. Mm. I heard it on the radio, I heard it on Peel, and I'm like, okay, I like this. And I hear John Meyer playing, you know, great stuff. I've got a drum thing for you. Oh, okay, come on, Julianne. You, you must be, you must be a, there must be a drummer in there somewhere. When we released our first album, and you know, I don't know about you, but we were kind of, oh, thank you to this person, thank you to that person. And of course you have um, little deals. So it was like, thank you to Tama and Zildjian. Oh, yes. And I met somebody backstage and they went, 
So, I mean, I've tried to find out about Tamat and Zildjian. They're obviously goddesses that you worship. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I had to break that girl's heart. <laughs> oh, wow. That's the best drama joke I've ever heard, actually. I think I'm going to keep that one. I'm going to trot that one out. Because, yeah. because it's wonderful, yeah. I'm at the altar of Tamar and, and Zildjian. My, my first ones were Zin. If I think and Olympic, no. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I actually loved a Rogers drum kit, but I could nowhere near afford it, you know. And my, I think my first one I bought on higher you know, HP installments was a Beverly, a Beverly kit. I dragged my mum down to the down to the shop to to you know co-sign for me on an HP agreement for a, a Maxron kit, which is probably about. 200 pounds back then i didn't pay off for that bloody thing until i was about 30 you know <laughs> it just went on and on like you know compound interest forever i was doing I, w- I was doing high class cabaret gigs around liverpool at the time so i probably <laughs> you know i think we probably flogged it no i kept that drum kit i had that beverly kit until i hit london and, and i played it on the slits album oh, that right. was that was my payment wow. they said we'll fix your drum kit for mm-hmm. you right Island record, big spending island records. Right, so I yeah. probably got like two hundred quid, I think, to fix the uh, the drums, so they actually I could actually play them. That's like that old joke was in the back of um, uh, International Times. Remember that sort of magazine paper that had um, the old special? You know, was like done. They got taken to court, all kinds of things. So the three guys that ran that uh, thing, and they um, they had a, a, a thing about you know the music business. Some guy waving a big pile of money and going here you go some money buy yourself some t-shirts and we'll just take all the albums yeah. so we just talk about terry hall terry hall worked with ian Brody. ian Brody lightning yeah, seeds yes. ian Brody was a guitarist in my the band i started yeah. with in liverpool so we had ian Brody, and we had bill drummond and we had david balf and we had holly johnson so we had frankie goes to hollywood the klf lightning seeds atlantic records yeah. the blue coat gallery could we get signed? No. Uh, yeah. With the creme de la creme of the misfits of Liverpool. It's funny, you know, when, when we had um, Michael Dempsey on here, he was talking about that, like, you know, that was the thing, you know, when we were starting out, you got to get signed, you know, and we got, we first yeah. label we got signed to was Hansa, German label, you know, they had an advert on the back of Melody Maker. You know, they, they didn't really understand who we were at all, you know. Uh, they just signed us because they wanted another boy band, you know. Like, our audition was at, at Morgan Studios in London where we recorded our first few albums. Mm. And they didn't actually record us for the audition. They just filmed us because they were like, yes. oh, you know, right. don't, but the tape's not running. It's okay. We'll just we'll just film you. And they decide, they, they signed us and they signed uh, David Sylvian in Japan, you know. And that was it, you know. And Japan stayed with them and we sort of, left or was probably asked to leave after about six months isn't it lovely not to be worried about all that stuff well oh it's wonderful yes, yes. it's absolutely wonderful i can see it all over your face julian you're going like i'm so glad i'm out of that <laughs> i'm not the odd song out from time to time for pleasure Good. i stick it out yeah. for free yeah and yeah. um because I just can't face it. I just can't. Um, I noticed you're not taking any uh, any um, offers for. Did you want me to do a personal <laughs> party? <Yeah. laughs> I thought you were going to sing a bit. <laughs> we'll talk about that offline if you do yeah. need a, a bar mitzvah, birthday yeah. <laughs> party, or anything. But no, no, I can't do that. I can't. 
I just can't, when I think about me pee, playing live, peeing live, <laughs> right. I don't think yeah. wherever you want to go, wherever you go, we'll go right live. with you. Yeah. <laughs> when I think about me playing live, it seems like a different human being. God knows how I ever did yeah. it. Honestly, I just I couldn't, you know, because when I I've, I've just finished my job, I did seven years yeah. as a lecturer. Yeah, and towards the end. Got to be honest, walking out in front of 70, just 70, yeah. 70, 18 year olds who are paying nine grand a year, yeah. that felt scarier than a Royal Albert Hall gig. You know, I, I kind of lost that mojo of standing in front of people and forgetting myself. I, I can go out on stage now and I'll go out on stage um, because it's not my gig. Yeah. I'm, I'm, quite recently, I've just been the, the drummer who's brought uh -huh. in to add the drums to the band. Yeah. But I have all this experience behind me and years and years of doing it. And But I love just going out and talking to the audience. Mm. Not not on the mic. Yeah. You know, just making sure that everybody's okay. You know, Yeah. Because I feel, I feel at home there. Yeah. But, but I also am here in Berlin. And for the last seven years, I've been a lecturer. A, a British college that established itself mm -hmm. here in 2015. And we started with about six students. And there was like, you know, three drummers and three guitarists, a couple of bass players, and everybody else wanted to be a vocalist. Mm -hmm. And uh, all we did was like band performance. Now it's a huge music business school. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's insane. And, uh, and yeah, I get anxiety. Like just the thought of going in and having to address all these young people. I don't, I don't know about you. I always found it always found it harder with the smaller group of people, the larger groups of people. You know, if it's like a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand, that doesn't bother me. I feel comfortable with that for some reason. But you mean behind on your own or behind a kit or behind, with a band? Both, both, both ways. I, I do, a larger amount of people doesn't doesn't kind of bother me. It's like it's a small people where you can see the whites of their eyes. You know, maybe. I mean, you've been out on like your book tour, yeah, and and it's and it's you're driving, yeah. But that that was like that was fun. I mean, I I did. A, a date with um, Julianne in Bath, and uh, you know the whole thing was just lovely, fun. You know, yeah. really, just really fun and comfortable and stuff. And um, I mean that that was like not you know huge audiences, but it was comfortable because most people are there and they're because they want to be there. They're not there because they're like, oh well, I'm going to see what's happening tonight. They just they 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 made an effort to come to see it. Uh -huh. So. Yeah. I feel comfortable on stage, for want of a better word, you know. You say you've just finished at the college, yeah. Though, so what? What do you think? You, what? What's? What, is it life opened well, up a bit? <laughs> it's weird. Um, I just I loved my seven years there. I really did. But you know, when you get to that point, it's like that. That's that chapter then. Yeah. But I kind of closed the chapter without thinking what the next one was. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, Better get down the, 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 the bookstore and see what's going on. <laughs> what are you going to say? The, the job centre. <laughs> the job centre. <laughs> Don't want to go there. But no, I mean, uh, it was brilliant, but I just felt, in, being really honest, I, I, um, it's like gigs. You're a gig and you're not in the mood and, and the audience can tell. Yeah. I can't talk in front of 70, 18 year olds and, and feel kind of, ah, what am I doing here? 
can't take nine grand off them, you know. Um, no, no, and no. there's a lot I will miss about that, you know, because I had some great students and, you know, I think, oh, this is going to sound really pious, forgive me, but I have made a difference to a few people's, a few kids' lives and all that is good. But um, but as for next, next I am going to probably carry on with the little book I've been writing for the past few years. right. right. And continue just doing little bits of music. Stick it out for free maybe, at the maybe moment. Maybe the, the little book will grow into a bigger book. I hope so, yeah, because I love And I know you were saying, you mentioned somewhere, you, you, you one of the students you did some collaboration with as well, which I think is wonderful. Uh, you just kind of... Yeah, I mean, that's, it, it's, that's a kind of freedom. When you're employed at the university, it feels a little bit weird to be kind of collaborating with a student. It's allowed, but it feels a little bit odd. Yeah. Um, so now I've got my freedom. Um, there's this wonderful girl called Katrina Swift with a beautiful voice, and we're just kind of knocking a few ideas around together. That's and um, and and so that's that's really nice. And just the stuff that I'm doing on my own, I've been putting it out for free. I think, do you know what? We've talked about the music industry. I think the furthest I would go would be like Bandcamp. And maybe some little Bijou label that might just do a small right. run of CD and vinyl or something. Yeah. We're, we're probably not too, we're not in a dissimilar place ourselves. That's, are we, just, are we? that's exactly yeah. what I was thinking, yeah. I mean, you know, we've, we've made a record. We're thinking, you're trying to find a place to put it. And, um, you know, we're both writing. Budge's writing. Actually, I, I've seen some of uh, Julianne's book already. And it's very going to be very good. It's going to be very good. Thank you me. heard it here first. It's so just taking that belief and taking the next step, isn't it? So what was the first cigarette that you had? I know what mine was. Right. It was number six. I think it was a number six. Number six. Yeah. Okay. Players number six, because I believe they were the brushing up off the floor of all the other cigarettes they made. Like PG tips for tea, right? Like, like yeah, it could have been Benson and Edges because I think my uh, my stepmom smoked B&H. Or the gold packet. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you, I, I aspired to Sobrani Black Russian. Mm. Yeah. Mickey D smoked them. Of course he did. Yeah, of course. He's yeah. a bass player. Of course he did. What else is he going to smoke? And because of the gold tip, they didn't stick to your lip no. because they had this smooth gold tip. Which was made of foil or something. Yes, that's right, it had foil. So what about yours, Julian? What was your first, do you remember? Me? Did you I, smoke? I have virgin lungs, never done That's it. great, that's wonderful, that's great. You don't have to go through all the... One vice I, I missed out. No, you didn't miss out. You didn't did miss you out. ever, like, did, did you like the smell of tobacco at all? Oh no, I was one of these... <coughs> And, and you know, oh no, not the smoke, but you know that smell that comes out of a packet of cigarettes yeah. when it's open. Yeah. Oh, I know what you mean. Now I don't mind a pipe smell actually, or a cigar smell. I'm, that might make me a connoisseur of smoke. <laughs> well, well, back in in St Helens, there it was like people smoked like tobacco in pipes as well. You know, mm. rich. And and you just thought, whoa, that's beautiful until you tried it. You know. Yeah, I'm sure. No, 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 no. I remember flipping open a packet of, you think like that, flipping open a packet. I, I remember flipping open a packet of gold. <laughs> Players gold leaf. Yeah, and, gold and leaf. It, that was the one I I liked in the with the like the little red red like sort of dark 
burgundy packet with gold around. Yeah. And the ad always in the magazine had like a guy with a flat cap deer stalker or something with a really lovely like spaniel or red setter sitting alongside of him, yeah. sitting in the open air, enjoying the fresh air with a cigarette. They were selling a dream, weren't they? Oh, yeah. Consulate, consulate, cool as a mountain stream. Yeah, and we all bought into it, except Julian. She didn't buy into it, thank goodness. My first cigarette, which explains why life went the way it did for me, my first cigarette was capstan full strength, like they, they gave it to the guys in the Navy. I remember smoking it at the bus stop on the way to school, and I nearly fell over. It was that strong, you know. How was, old were you? It's like, were you six years old? No, no, <laughs> I, I was at least eight. No, I don't know. You and Robert, you and Robert at the bus stop say, Robert, have you have you tried one of these? I'm just thinking of going to school, you know, going to the school and like going, ending up in school smelling of fags because it was like a wet Tuesday morning and the top bus of the bus was full of smokers. And so oh, yeah. your fellow smokers, the, those who smoked, could get away with it. That's exactly exactly what me and me and uh, Steve Forrester did. We would sit up at the top of the stairs, yeah. and we could smoke a little bit because the whole place was full of smoke. And that Danny Mulligan was the guy that first gave me a cigarette. I could, if I remember rightly, he used to have a little burn in in his um, pocket on his on his trousers where he was holding the cigarette, trying to hide it, like you know, from teachers and things, and the ash burned a little hole in the pocket. Funny, never wanted to smoke. No. Never wanted to smoke. No, you didn't. Not, no. not at school, no. When I got to the, oh. the art college, I wanted to, you know. Okay. I right, really yeah. wanted, like, Gilois or Gitane, Gitane you know, or Disque Bleu. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, they, yeah. they smelt foul, but, like, yeah. cool. They did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 All this talk of smoking is making my smoker's cough come back. Yeah, Bob Bob smoked um, Chitans for a while. Not was it Chitans? So what's the one with the the, the, the blue lady on the front? Uh, yeah, it could be Chitans. Yeah. Okay, but they're all made by the same, yeah. aren't they? Same, yeah. like disc disc blue. That was the other one. Right, they all come out of that factory. And she had a. Li- I think there's a little dancer in the middle of a circle. Yeah. Look, look a bit like a wimpy concrete mixer kind of logo. Yes, yes, I remember. I, if I remember correctly. Wow. Wow. We do digress, don't we, on here? Here's a question. Here's a question for you. We're all past that, that magical point you know the 6-0 right and um i don't know about you but like 50 my 50s i didn't really like much i thought oh shit you know i'm not a young guy anymore you know 60 was wonderful because i was like hey i'm still here i'm still compass mentis i can still do stuff i've got all my faculties and nothing really matters that much anymore you know it's not like concerned about what's going to go what how's that going to happen oh how's this going to happen it's like it, life suddenly became so much easier because you know you become aware of your mortality and that like this is the third act so you might as well make it the mm. best you can kind of thing you know it's like that's the way i feel about it it's like i'm not going to second guess myself too much i guess is what i mean yeah I like this idea of getting things, removing things out of the way. I, I seem to have spent my whole life piling things yeah. in and going like, oh, God, i got no time to do anything. There. I've got mm. hundreds of un- unread books and half-begun poems or drawings or mu- bits of music. And we actually 
pull this album together after some false starts and it became something we hadn't expected. And right now I really want to simplify everything so I can leave some myself some space for a, a young family and yes. a new 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 dog, a little puppy that arrived, <laughs> yeah. you know, and but also just to it's somehow to I don't know, to digest more, to really savor each moment mm. much more. I think there is something in this and Again, I really don't want this to sound pompous, but I think, I don't know about you, but when I was young, I was like, I had this kind of inner dynamo that just propelled me into doing things. And then there was this kind of like this middle period where you, I don't know, you're still a little bit lost and you try a lot of things. And I don't know, maybe it is the magic. You're still kind of waiting for the dynamo to kick in and propel you. <laughs> yeah. 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 But then you think, but it's okay. It's all right to be, you know, I've stopped apologizing for things. Right. And I've said a few times right. tonight that I'm quite shy, yeah. uh, which I am, but I, I don't apologize for it anymore. It's like, look, I am quite introverted and I'm not going to spend the rest of my life pretending not to be just so you might like me uh, because it's exhausting. Yes. Uh, and you're not getting a real person. So I think there's that kind of, not. it's not as rude as like me or lump me, but you just, it's like, as you say, it's the third act, lol. You, what you see is what you get. Well, I think you hit, hit the nail on the head there. It's it's like you you stop, I've stopped worrying about what people think about me particularly. You know, it's like, oh. okay, I know, I know who I am by this age, you know. I'm pretty certain of who I am. I'm also certain of who I'm not. Mm. And, uh, you know, if you like me, that's great. Like Lady Sovereign said, you know, like, it, you know, I won't sing it. Um, oh, but, go on. What, so, what, what song can we sing to go out with? <laughs> I've, get I, you, get you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I've got a flute in my pocket and I just can't get uh, no you could, There's a whole load of things there. But I feel much, much better about it all. But I want to hear your album. Me too. I, I I played a bit today because uh, I only, only the mixes I have here are without the vocal contributions that we ended up packing into the album as well. Mm -hmm. And I got like, I still love this album as an instrumental. Yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah there you this go. It's lovely. And some of, we did a lot of field recording. We went out into yeah. Yosemite, oh. the, the national park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. you know, yes. in Lowell's backyard. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Out in California there. And we found a, a, a lady who had let us stay at her house as an old family friend, and she had an Indian drum, a horizontal drum, with, with natural skin stretched on it. And Lola and I just sat there kind of just playing together. Mm. And that's kind of what sounds like still the lead opening track of, of right. the album. Yeah, it is. And it just yeah. it picks up from single notes. It's quite Steve oh. Reich in a way, but yeah. it's... Mm. But, but with no obvious influences apart from yeah. let the the flow take us where it needs yeah. to go. Um, yeah, I think that's a, a good template for the yeah. way things for life for life. Yeah, you're right about the the, the thing about the the dynamo stuff because we we had um, Terry Terry Nunn from Berlin on here a while back, and, and she said something to the effect of like you know she wished that when she was younger she had 
slowed down a bit to see all the stuff she was doing because she was just like rushing from one thing to the next thing and all, oh now we got to do this now we got to do that and and yeah. missed it all she said so oh, yeah uh, well how many countries have we all been to and and you know i was listening to one of the podcasts and you were saying budget there's a time when the rest of the band were staying in bed but you get up early and go and do something yeah you know, I, that was my my first tour of not drinking. Yeah, yeah. I remember those. Days, I wish I had more of those days. I remember getting up and in Amsterdam one morning. No one else wanted to play or have breakfast or anything, so I went off to the Rijksmuseum, and, and that's a great memory of being on tour. Good. Where are Where are you this evening, G- Gillian? Where are you? I'm in Bath, me love. <laughs> in where? Bath. 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 In Bath. In Bath. No, you know, you were talking the Rachel Devon thing, you know, because um, down here the big one is Me Babber. Me Babber. Oh, that's Bristol. Me Babber. And it's like men will say to to men, yeah. they'll say, all right, me lover, or they'll say, all right, sweet cheeks. Sweet Things cheeks. Like, it's a very affectionate place with and with gender crossing. Wow. It's, it's, um, it's funny, you wouldn't say Bath is friendly. It's very polite, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the locals will call you love and sweet cheeks. And oh, lovey! So it's a nice place to be. I love that about that English thing, you know. You're right, love. Love, yeah, love. One of the old lovey actors. He was saying that his favourite um, kind of term of affection is love. Yeah. yeah. Because it transcends geography and gender. And I think there's something in that. I, I, Lowell knows uh, w- when back in the Banshee days, we had a, a, a dedicated driver uh, and he's worked for Iggy Pop for years since he worked for us. His name is um, Joss, yes. Joss Grain. But Joss used to come in every day and he'd go like, you're right, love. Yeah. Oh, love, what have you done? What have you done, love? You know, when we just like done something stupid, like fall off my drum kit, you know, and spray me yeah. ankle or something. And that, that was exceptionally good because Joss looked like a stormtrooper. So he, he was, looked like a stormtrooper. Yeah. He was the most vicious looking beast you'd ever see. But uh, Yorkshire, Yorkshire, Lancashire, heart of gold. I can't remember which, which side he fell on. But he's still around. Uh, and it's lovely yeah. that we are. And it's lovely to see mm-hmm. you, Julia. It is. It is. It's been wonderful yeah. talking with you. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Best um, of luck. Uh, all good all good fortunes for your future. Yes. Curious Creatures is created and presented by Lol Tolhurst and Budgie. Producer Joe Wong. Producer and audio designer Dan Didier. Executive producer Mark Cates. Associate producer Sophie Wilde. Digital marketing Margie Taylor. Art and logo design Justin Thomas K. Music production Jackknife Lee. Curious Creatures is on the web and you can access us at www.curiouscreaturespodcast.com. And you can reach us on Instagram and Facebook at Curious Creatures Official, Twitter at Cure Creatures. To find more of the best music podcasts, visit doubleelvis.com or follow at doubleelvis on Instagram or at doubleelvis on Twitter. Curious Creatures is a production of LXB LLC 2022.